0: Do you wish that all things wealth and finance were much easier to understand and not presented by a bunch of beige cardigan wearing geeks? Welcome to the Clever Investor Podcast, where we're dishing up the easiest to understand finance program served in bite-sized chunks, so your brain will thank you as your knowledge grows hosted by the brilliant Owen Taylor, a multiple award-winning expert with a glorious knack for explaining the complex world of wealth in the simplest
1: of ways. Hey, Clever Investors, and welcome to another show. Today's show is all about super superannuation. I think without a doubt it is the most misunderstood financial product that all us working Australians have. Joining me in the studio today again is Tyrone Mitchell and I'm going to ask you the question here please. What is Super
2: superannuation basically is a force saving account that was set up. I don't quote me, but probably in the eighties, because the government has realised that they don't know how they're going to fund all the retirees, the older population, the ageing population that we're going to get. Mm. And unfortunately, we're creatures of spenders. Yeah. And um, let's face it, if someone put a thousand bucks in your account, you'd find something to buy. So oh, absolutely. You give I me would. five
1: bucks, I can spend ten.
2: Oh, I'd find a reason. What's at sale at Bunnings, and I'm gone. <laughs> but. This is like probably the only solution we've sort of got that's forcing money to be saved for a long period of time for you to help fund a retirement.
1: Okay. So on my point of, I think it's the most misunderstood financial product. I think, I remember when I was 16 and I was told, pick what super fund you want. I'd got no idea. Mm -hmm. And there was no one to actually educate me on what it was and really nobody touched base with me you know throughout my 20s and even probably in my early 30s i did actually get a financial advisor but um when should we learn about super when do you think that we as australians should actually learn about super
2: i honestly think you know like as, as a parent myself i've got well the young adults but i taught my kids at a younger age before they start work at 16. but it comes back from the concept the same as you just said money was dirty didn't want to talk about money in the family home. You didn't want to discuss what's right and wrong and didn't soup my my mum and dad never bought up soup. I didn't know what it was. But probably around
1: our respective dinner tables at home. I mean, I, I've got a you know 20-year-old son. I think he knows more about investing in the property world than most 45-year-olds because he's listened to me presenting since he was since he was knee-high to a grasshopper. And I'm sure that's made, that's the same type of thing in your household. Your kids are comfortable talking about money. 100%. What's the optimum age you should start talking about
2: your kids about it? Put them on the spot. Uh, I think around that, 15, age 16, when they're just about to start work. If you can get into learning when they're, you know, I know it depends on the child. You know, some people want to listen, some don't. Yeah. Um, you might be paying them pocket money. If you're doing that anyway, why don't you educate why? We actually just had that discussion off air, you know, going, well, you know, I used to go to the kids, can you do this and we'll give you 10 bucks. And then they'd save that $10 and go and blow it. But yep. then they knew the definition of hard work and they understood that's cash flow. Oh, it took me that long to get that, whatever amount it was, and how quick it went. Yeah. So as soon as you start doing that, it's probably the ideal time to start talking about cash flow, budgeting. And I was actually, I know, a little bit off topic, but – I was talking to one of my clients who um, is a principal of school and I've actually offered to go to the school because no one teaches you about cash flow or budget planning or anything like that. Sure, they can do trigonometry, but now I've got a fancy computer that does it, who cares?
1: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, my son did say to me when he was in year 10, dad, you know, I hate maths. I I know how to find the middle of a circle, but they actually, and in his words, they said, "They're, they're not teaching me anything about banking and they're not, you know, They've never taught me anything about what, what you do. And he did actually school his geography teacher one day on investment properties, which I was very proud of.
2: Yeah. Oh, I like <laughs> that. But he see but he's picking it off you. See yeah. you're talking about it openly. So he finds that he or she finds that acceptable to chat. you came into my house, my kids are talking about managed funds and shares and and all this sort of stuff. And if they went out, they'd be like, where did they get this information from? (laughs) But to us, it's just common chat.
1: Yeah, so that then, I guess that then leads into super, because as I, you know, headline things with, I think, I don't know if you agree, it's the most misunderstood. It's this thing that you can't do anything with until you're you're old and grey, Mm. And when you're asked to sign up to a super fund, you're young and bulletproof. And don't give a crap.
2: Yeah. And and that, who that's, cares? It's not the get that, oldies. I don't get that till I'm later.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you think that 30 is old, you know, when you sign up for super. Mm. So um, the
2: financial literacy is an important thing around it. And this is just actually just, I wouldn't say having a go at my industry, but the truth is the old school advisors, they never used to feed that information because it gave them power. So the customer would come in, it's, it is so confusing. There's too many options out there and then I come in and go, hey, what's the best advice for me? And then I give them that one and the customer goes, oh, okay. But instead of spending the time and flipping it and going, well, here's the different types of super funds, here's the pros and cons, here's the cost to run it and giving the customer a choice and, and actually in turn makes them understand it better.
1: Yeah, I th- look, I, I I think that the the traditional, the old school financial advisors, there wasn't as many products out there or people didn't even know what limited ones there were. Mm. And you don't actually know what you know. So ask, you don't know what questions to actually go and ask. And so, the, the, I mean, this then relates back to it's easy to push. It's so easy to do nothing.
2: Oh, Fear factor. And the yeah. other thing too is a lot of the super funds they're worth trillions of dollars. They can afford some fancy marketing to make themselves look better. And as you just said, people go, "Oh, that sounds great. I saw it on the telly." And they probably are a good fund, but you don't know, do, you, until you break it down.
1: So let's say you've got a a life couple, okay? Mm. Um, their circumstances are going to be different. Their their fam because there is that super has to have uh, an insurance component within it. They're actually
2: opted in or out these days, so not always.
1: Right, okay.
2: Mm-hmm. And so what can you opt? Can you opt in to get more coverage? You, you can. So when you fill out a form, you're sometimes given it, but you have to be over a certain age to get it, and you have to sometimes have contributions going into it for 12 months to get, say, income protection or something like that. Um, but and, and they've changed it a bit now, but some of the industry funds, you don't make any contributions for 18 months. They could turn off their default insurance. So it's always an option. And then I think I mentioned on the last podcast was if they've got their default cover and you want to increase it, you have to do an application, which might include some general health underwriting questions. That's within the actual super fund. Or the other option is you get more comprehensive insurance with a retail provider that probably covers you more for your occupation.
1: I mean, when I had my financial planning business, I used to describe the people and, and say, look, uh, I'd have clients Okay, well, look, I've had this life insurance for years or this. I mean, everybody summarises it as life insurance. You and I know there's more to mm-hmm. it. It's, it's not just life. And probably more important for most people, and especially if you're a single person, you don't necessarily need life, but you need the disability insurance. That's an important thing, all
2: and right? Income protection. Income Cause, protection. is on something, the weekend yeah. or whatever.
1: Yeah, and you need to change that as your circumstances change in life and what you should up it to, and there's a point that you might not need as much of this as well. Can you figure all that out on Dr Google?
2: If you ask Dr (laughs) Google, he'll say yes, but no. I mean, even with all this um, AI they're talking about bringing into our industry and stuff like that, they're all just going to be defaulted amounts and generic sort of stuff, which is great but it's not tailored for you, is it? You don't know what's your circumstance, how much do you need? You know, you and I, we might paper cut ourselves. We're not a high risk, but, you know, but the people that are out my way, they're underground blowing up crap. So, you know, like it's yeah. a
1: big difference is what you need. Um, from my experience and um, what put a lot of people off is they see it as, uh, as just another expense, mm-hmm. right? So their, their salary may have gone up, and then people like you and I sit down with them and say, "Well, th- here's an insurance policy, and obviously there's a there's a price tag that goes with it, uh, you know." And then they just look at it as, as money going out of the bank. And they're not actually they're not actually getting a return on it.
2: And going back to what you said, that even makes the whole superannuation complexity even more because you got super alone, then you compound it with insurance. It's a nightmare. And so people, that's why people just get, ah, oh, no, I don't care. Worry about it later. But I actually had a customer, and I won't hold you up too much, but I had a customer that I did all the work, set them all up, gave him the right insurance. Um, Don't quote me on his age. He might have been 58 or something like that. Anyway, then one year came up his anniversary account. His premium went up $500, which is not – some people it's a lot, some people it's not. In the scheme of things, the age, it wasn't a lot. Mm -hmm. He goes, I don't need this crap. just cancelled it all, and seriously – about three, four days ago, um, the wife and me up said, look, how, how can we get access to our super because the, the, the bank wants to take our house? And I said, mate, why don't you claim the protection? i set you up. Oh, we got rid of as soon as we, we moved towns. Just cancelled it all, didn't want to pay the money. But they didn't see the value. Yeah. So yeah. It, ha- it happens all the time.
1: So I guess that's the importance of having, your, having a review of these. All your finance stuff needs a 12-monthly a review.
2: Hundred percent. Because you look, even if it gets to the point it just t- touched base with you, and you've done the same role, mate. So you know what it's like. Somebody go, okay, nothing's changed. Great, see you next time. But if you go look back at your life in five years, how much has actually changed? Oh yeah, heaps. Yeah. Yeah. And go forward another five years. So you can't just set and forget. That's the biggest problem with super funds, insurances. They're just a set and forget, and because they're too hard to think about or get my head around. Need someone to help you break it down. Yeah, and I think
1: we, we, we spoke off air about this, but when I was new in the industry and um, I, I, was, uh, I was told that if someone says they don't want insurance, the simple question to ask is, well, what asset are you going to sell first mm. if you get sick, if mm. you get injured, if you can't work to your full capacity? And it could also be as well that um, your, um, your loved one might get sick and you've got to cut down on your work hours.
2: Look, I can firsthand say that my cancer's touched my family. Um, and, uh, yeah, as I said, if I didn't have any insurance system myself, I would make my life hard. It doesn't matter if one person's earning 200 grand and the other person's earning 40 grand. Mm. If you didn't have that 40 grand, you're going to miss it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And uh, I used to always say the same thing like you. I go, how long can you afford to work without an income? Okay. And I said, can you do me a favour, can you ring up your insurer and cancel your comprehensive car insurance, cancel your home and contents yeah. insurance?
1: Yeah, that's a good... Because, thing. I mean,
2: like, you're forking money on that, but you're the one generating the income. So if it's not important for you, why have the rest?
1: Yeah. Just you, gamble it. You've got a 60% no-claim bonus on your car. You're obviously a great driver. Don't bother getting it next year. I don't think anybody would dream of doing that because no. we know what the potential is hmm. for it too. So, yeah, no, that's a that's that's a, a good example my my true story is I remember when I had my financial planning business. The first client that we wrote into the financial planning side of the business um, was one of my um, mortgage clients. I was doing a refinance for them, and I said to them, uh, and we were buying. They were buying an investment property as well, and um, and I said. I, I want you to sit with my financial advisor. We're going to go through this. We're going to make sure we, we need to make sure you've got income protection and all this. And they had years previously cancelled um, insurance because in their, in their words, you know, we didn't see the benefit of it. It was just another monthly expense. And I insisted. I insisted that they, that mm-hmm. they did it. Uh, just over 12 months later, I got the phone call. The husband had got bowel cancer. And he had uh, surgery to remove bits of it, two bouts of chemo and, and everything. Um, and he's still alive now. He's in remission. Um, and That's that good. was 10 plus years ago. The kids still went to school. All the bills were paid. They never had to sell off anything. And I know for a fact, having, having you know, been around you know, cancer stuff for, for many years, that the mental side is a huge part of the recovery. So they knew that all the bills were going to get paid. I think within a couple of weeks, the first payment was made on one of the policies and, and bills were paid and he was able to take time off work. So, so to me, that's, that's the story I always tell people when they're balking on personal insurance that I've actually seen it work for the, uh, for the benefit. How about those late night TV dollar a day for insurance is that good that's good stuff though it's only a dollar a day or a week or something for that that's got to be good
2: but hunter if i'm dead i'm dead (laughs) 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 true who knows i mean look at least it's getting out there but depends on the type of cover obviously you know i mean most of the time it's very limited or basic at the end of the day yeah so if if you're paying all this money what's the chance of you getting a claim and getting paid that's what i always that's what i always say to everyone yeah. The
1: day. yeah, and I'll be bold and say this, that insurance companies don't really want to pay out. So if you haven't disclosed something, maybe, and you don't have to comment on this, I'll cop all of this, <laughs> but that's that's why you've got to be, you've got to make sure you're putting the right stuff down and you've got the right insurance for what your circumstances are and you're not misleading anybody and, and anything like that because it's it's a business at the end of the day.
2: 100%. And that, that's what I said before, I think, in the previous podcast. The difference of one insurance that's given to you and one that you've actually gone through the questionnaire about your family health, and all that, they can ascertain the risk, and then they're willing to give you a higher cover. Yeah. If you do that right thing first, you don't have to worry about the rest.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I suppose, I mean, the insurance that you're given as part of whatever super fund you're in is a, is a one size fits all type of thing. So it's it's like a, oh
2: the one you get given yeah that's yeah right. the one yeah, you get right. given
1: and then yeah. and then I mean part of your expertise your colleagues' expertise is then okay we can top it up with with something from over here and from over there what your circumstances are and reevaluate over the years as to if you still need it or if we update it because obviously you know if someone comes to you and it's it's twenty years later and they've built up five million dollars worth of investment properties they mm. might not need. 100% agree. Yeah, It doesn't always need it. Then they're kind of self-insuring themselves. That's the risk that you can then help evaluate with them.
2: And as you said, if you're in that position, you probably don't need it. But as you said, it's something to always reevaluate as you go, 100%.
1: Cool. Thank you for coming in again today. My pleasure. Um, if anybody's got any questions, shoot me through. Put it in the uh, put it in the chat box. Email me. Whatever you need to, I'll put some notes in the uh, in the show notes about you as well. But thanks again. And if you enjoyed the show, please hit that like button. Refer your friends to it. And I'll see you again next week for another edition of the Clever Investor Podcast.
0: You have been listening to the Clever Investor Podcast. Proud sponsored this week by Blue Wealth Property. Are you ready to start a new investment journey? Get in touch with the industry leaders. Blue Wealth Property. Blue Wealth have a proven track record in using research to identify growth markets. And Blue Wealth have supported thousands of Australians to buy the right property in the right market at the right time. Go to Blue bluewealth.com dot com dot au